Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number one. Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant declared that Israel was under attack in seven distinct theaters amid the ongoing conflict in the Gaza Strip, with the military having responded in six of these areas. In a session of the Knesset's Foreign Affairs and Defense Committee, Gallant stated, quote, we were engaged in a multi-front war. Attacks were coming from seven different arenas, Gaza, Lebanon, Syria, the West Bank, Iraq, Yemen, and Iran. He emphasized that Israel had already taken action in six of these regions, asserting unequivocally that, quote, anyone who acted against us was a potential target. There was no immunity for anyone. Galan characterized the war in Gaza as, quote, a long and challenging war with significant costs, but he underscored its justification as being of the utmost importance. Quote, without achieving the objectives of the war, he warned, we risk finding ourselves in a situation where people will be reluctant to inhabit a place where we could not ensure their protection. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu pledged on Monday, December 25th to persist in the conflict against Hamas in Gaza, despite an increasing number of international appeals for a ceasefire. While visiting Israeli troops in northern Gaza, Netanyahu dismissed the notion of halting the military action, stating that, quote, whoever talks about stopping, there's no such a thing. In a tweeted video, he expressed solidarity with the Israeli fighters in Gaza, declaring a commitment to continue the fight until complete victory. During a special session in the Knesset focused on Israelis abducted by Hamas on October 7th, Netanyahu faced opposition from the relatives of those held hostage. Despite assuring that every effort is being made to bring the kidnapped individuals home, Netanyahu emphasized the necessity of military pressure for success. Challenged by a relative shouting, quote, we don't have time, and met with chants demanding immediate action. Netanyahu reaffirmed the determination to keep fighting while acknowledging the need for time. He refrained from detailing current efforts, but stressed an exhaustive commitment to securing the return of all kidnapped individuals. During his speech, Netanyahu asserted that a representative from the International Committee of the Red Cross declined to transport the crucial box of life-saving medicine to Israelis held hostage in Gaza. He recounted the encounter, stating, quote, I met with the Red Cross and I handed them a box of medicine intended for some of the hostages featured here. Some of them are in urgent need. I instructed a representative to deliver this box to Rafa. However, she refused. It was a very challenging conversation. The 931st Battalion of the Nachal Brigade, as reported by the IDF, discovered a substantial weapons cache inside a, res- a residence situated in the Daraj and Tufa neighborhoods of Gaza City. Following multiple encounters with Hamas operatives in the vicinity, the troops conducted raids on suspected Hamas sites. Among the findings in one residence were numerous assault rifles, grenades, and RPGs located in a children's bedroom. The IDF asserts that these discoveries exemplify Hamas's efforts to conceal weapons and engage in terror activities under the guise of civilian cover. On Monday, December 25th, Israel announced its decision to reject a visa request from one UN employee and to not extend the visa of another UN staff member. Eli Cohen, Israel's Minister of Foreign Affairs, expressed his discontent in a post on X, stating, quote, the conduct of the UN since October 7th is a disgrace to the organization and the international community. Number two. President Joe Biden ordered the U.S. military to carry out retaliatory strikes 
against Iranian-backed militia groups after three U.S. service members were injured in a drone attack in northern Iraq. National Security Council spokeswoman Adriana Watson said one of the U.S. troops suffered critical injuries in the attack that occurred earlier on Monday, December 25th. Iranian-backed militia Kateb Hezbollah and affiliated groups under an umbrella of Iranian-backed militants claimed credit for the attack that utilized a one-way attack drone, or suicide drone. Biden, who is spending the holidays at the presidential retreat at Camp David, Maryland, was alerted about the attack by White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan shortly after it occurred, after it occurred on Monday, and ordered the Pentagon and its top national security aides to prepare response options to the attacks on an airbase used by American troops in Erbil. Sullivan consulted with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, Biden's Deputy National Security Advisor John Finer, was with the President at Camp David and convened top aides to review options, according to a U.S. official, who was not authorized to comment publicly and request anonymity. Within hours, Biden convened his national security team for a call in which Austin and General C.Q. Brown, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, briefed Joe Biden on the response options. President Biden opted to target three locations used by Kateb Hezbollah and affiliated groups, the official said. The U.S. strikes were carried out at about 4.45 a.m. on Tuesday, December 26th in Iraq, less than 13 hours after the U.S. personnel were attacked. According to U.S. Central Command, the retaliatory strikes on the three sites, quote, destroyed the targeted facilities and likely killed a number of Kateb Hezbollah militants. The president places no higher priority than the protection of American personnel serving in harm's way, said Watson. The United States will act at a time and in a manner of our choosing should these attacks continue. The latest attack on U.S. troops follows months of escalating threats and actions against American forces in the region since the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel that sparked the war in Gaza. The dangerous back-and-forth strikes have escalated since Iranian-backed terror groups under the umbrella group the Islamic resistance in Iraq and Syria began striking U.S. facilities on October 17th. Iranian-backed militias have carried out dozens of attacks on U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria in the past two months. Last month, U.S. fighter jets struck a Kateb Hezbollah operations center and command and control node following a short-range ballistic missile attack on U.S. forces at Al-Assad Air Base in western Iraq. Iranian-backed militias also carried out a drone attack at the same airbase in October causing minor injuries to U.S. troops. The U.S. has also blamed Iran, which has funded and trained Hamas for attacks by the Yemen's Houthi terrorists against commercial and military vessels through a critical shipping choke point in the Red Sea. The Biden administration has sought to prevent the Israel-Hamas war from spiraling into a wider regional conflict that either opens up new fronts of Israeli fighting or that draws the U.S. in directly. The administration's measured response were not Every attempt on American troops has been met with a counterattack has drawn criticism from Republicans. The U.S. has, has thousands of troops in Iraq training Iraqi forces and combating remnants of the Islamic State group, and hundreds in Syria, mostly on the counter-ISIS mission. They have come under dozens of attack, though, as yet none fatal since the war began on October 7th, with the U.S. attributing responsibility to Iranian-backed militia groups. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said that while we do not seek to escalate conflict in the region, we are committed and fully prepared to take further necessary measures to protect our people and our facilities. Number three. Computer giant Intel 
on Tuesday, December 26, confirmed its intention to invest around $25 billion to set up a new factory in the Israeli city of Kiryat Gat. The confirmation of the investment follows months of uncertainty after Israeli fi- Minister of Finance, Betzal Smutrich, announced the move in July, calling it, quote, the largest investment ever made in Israel. The investment reflects the company's commitment to mounting $10 billion announced back in 2019, signifying a $15 billion surge in overall investment. A significant portion of this investment involves Intel's establishment of a new chip factory supported by a $3.2 billion grant spread across multiple years accounting for 12.8% of the total investment. Alongside investments in chip manufacturing across Europe and the US, this expansion in Israel is aimed at broadening the nation's access to semiconductor technologies. The move will foster technological skills, particularly benefiting academia and local talent, notably in the southern region, home to over half of Intel's Israeli workforce. Furthermore, this investment is anticipated to generate substantial local economic advantages. It is poised to create numerous direct and indirect job opportunities, particularly in construction during the expansion phase. As part of the agreement, Intel is committed to procuring goods from Israeli suppliers amounting to 60 billion shekel over the next 10 years. Daniel Benatar, Corporate Vice President at Intel Global and CO-COO, and co-CEO of Intel's global manufacturing organization emphasized, quote, expanding our operations in Kiryat Gat stands as a testament to the unwavering dedication of our Israeli workforce. With support from the Israeli government, we aim to solidify Israel's position as a key hub for semiconductor technology and top-tier human resources. Pat Gelsinger, CEO of Intel Global, expressed his heartfelt support for Israeli workers in a recent interview on Fox Network underlining Intel's deep-seated commitment to Israel. Gelsinger highlighted, quote, Israelis exhibit unparalleled resilience. Despite challenges, they maintain consistent silicon wafer production and unwavering dedication to to product development. They are truly a resilient workforce, and that's why we've maintained a presence for over 50 years in Israel. As the first high-tech company in Israel, we initiated Tech Nation, Their resilience is unparalleled, and we stand in full support of them. The plan scheduled to open in 2027 will employ thousands of workers at wages above the industry average. It was also agreed to significantly increase the tax rate the company will pay to the state, from the current 5% to 7.5%. The American multinational company, headquartered in Santa Clara, California, is one of the world's largest manufacturers of semiconductor chips. The company has been in Israel since 1974, where it employs around 10,000 people. Intel has four development centers in Haifa, Yakum, Petah Tikva, and Jerusalem, as well as manufacturing facilities in Kiryat Gat and Jerusalem. In addition to its confidence in the Israeli workforce, Intel is also fond of blue-white companies. In 2017, it made the biggest Israeli acquisition with the purchase of Mobileye for over $15 billion. In 2022, it also bought Israeli foundry tower semiconductor for $5.4 billion. Thanks for tuning in to the top three segment live on Hako Radio and have a great day.